Welcome to Geeky Girl Gap. I'm Candace, and with me today is Brie. Hello. And our special guest, Robert from Crooked Table. Say hello, Robert. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me. Yeah, he's an honorary Geeky Girl today. Exactly. But we're talking about Lion King. I don't want to say live action. I just say the 2019 remake. You mean the CGI version? Photorealistic, I guess. Yes, photorealistic yeah. is what they call it. <laughs> CGI photorealistic. So, okay, and just to, like a little disclaimer: we're all '90s kids who, like, I'm guessing you guys saw it in theaters as children. Yeah, absolutely. Too? Yeah, I cried. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have vivid recollection of like what movie theater we were at, who I was with. Well, I was obviously with my one of my parents at that age. I was with my sister, and I remember just being so mad at my father for taking me to a movie that made me cry. I don't think but it was, it was that, still but... amazing. <laughs> but okay, first thoughts. Let's let's have our guest go first. <laughs> okay, so uh, going into this movie, obviously, you know, as you mentioned, I saw the original in theaters, and I, th- I wonder if like young people, like really young people now, kids nowadays, or like even teenagers nowadays probably don't 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 remember this movie when it came out because they weren't around but it was a phenomenon uh it was easily i think the highest grossing certainly animated film up to that point when it came out and it was just one of those movies that was everywhere so going into this i was very i was very hesitant but trying to be cautiously optimistic especially after favreau did the uh, the jungle book and did such a great job with that using similar technology so i was going into it with a quasi open mind and I, I ended up coming out just feeling like the whole thing was really unnecessary. And it, it's come, it almost comes to that point where when, it's, when a remake is this close, it's hard. Like, of course, this movie does things right, but it's hard to give this movie credit for something that is just aping that was done, no pun intended, that was done 25 years ago. Uh, it, it makes me think of the Psycho remake in a lot of ways. So, uh, oh, exactly. Yeah. So I came the out 19- of this. Yeah, go ahead. One. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. The nineteen um, Tony. Oh God, I forget his name. But it's just a Psycho movie, shot by shot, but in color. In case people don't know, because like I didn't hear about this until years ago, because I was a kid when it came out, and I'm like, what? Really? This exists? <laughs> it's Vince Vaughn. Well, and it was. Isn't it? it was about it in a previous episode, Candace. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, that's when I found out about it, I think. <laughs> and it was Gus Van Sant, the director. It was his follow-up to Good Will Hunting. So this is what he chose to do with that, all that, uh, you know, clout that he built up at the Oscars. So that was my thing coming out of this was that it doesn't feel, and we'll get into this, I'm sure, in a second, but it doesn't yeah. improve upon the original in basically any way, and it actually makes things worse in many respects. Uh, so I was very oh, yeah, kind of meh at the end of this. Yeah, the the animators, the computer artists, everything, the technical aspect is mind-blowing. Absolutely. But yeah, visually it's stunning. Yeah, my three-word review is beautiful but unnecessary. Yeah. But I have a theory about, like, well, I know what they were doing. If you look back to the other remakes, like, let's just say Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast – both there's been two remakes of jungle book one in the 90s and one in 2000s and these are all 
old fairy tales or books that have been done by other people than Disney. So they kind of have a chance to do something new and do something different or go back to the original fairy tale. So they have a little leeway. But Lion King, I guess if you don't caught Kimba the White Lion, you know, um, it's a completely a Disney IP. So it's hard to change that. Right. I think that really – go, go ahead. I know. Um, I was just going to say the changes that they did make, I don't think added anything to the story at all. Like, I don't know. Like, what changes did they make? Well, like, I can't think of a single thing really uh, they changed. Well, one, they, they took away stuff from uh, the hyenas. They took less of their, I guess, comedic flair, I would say, um, away. They almost didn't even have Be Prepared in the movie. They weren't even going to have it at all. And then they cut it in a weird type of way. And it's like one of my favorite villain songs. So I was kind of like disappointed in that. And then they did like change some stuff with Scar and Simba, but I was wondering if they were trying to get even closer to Hamlet in a way, or is that just like my mind? No, I felt that way when Scar was like coming on to Simba's mom. I was like, Oh, they're going the super Hamlet route there. And yeah, there are a few things that I, oh, yeah. that they think they did change that I actually did think worked. Um, that moment that you mentioned with uh, Sarabi and Scar, and then there's a whole extended sequence where Nala is trying to uh, trying to sneak out, you know, as the hyenas oh, yeah. and Scar are sort I of patrolling Pride Rock, things like that. That they, they, they added, they filled in some details here and there, but by and large. They were just either redoing something, as you mentioned, shot for shot, beat for beat, word for word, even um, like to the point that it's I, I almost feel like they would have been better off, at least for Mufasa, just using the old recordings because he just sounds tired now saying the same lines. <laughs> 25 years later, it's like everything the light touches Simba. It's like, we know, we know. We it's kind of, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like him and Rogue One, James Earl Jones. Right. You're like, wow, like, Vader got tired. I guess, you know, after killing all those rebels at the end of Rogue One, he was like, I feel young again. But um, I feel like you were talking about, yeah, I forgot about the Nala scene because it was just so forgettable because literally in the animated movie, she just says, I'm looking for help. You know, I came out here looking for food. You know, it's done away in a line. We don't need more details of that. But I'm guessing they just wanted to give Beyonce maybe a little something more to do or Nala. And Brie has some feelings about Beyonce. You want to go through that, Brie? Listen, I just rolled my eyes as you were mentioning that. Um, Okay, one, I went in going, I'm going to give her a chance. Because, yes, Beyonce fans, I get it. She's amazing on stage. She can sing. I am not (laughs) saying she can't. However, she's not a voice actress at all. Um, Whenever she spoke as Nala, I ended up laughing in the movie theater, which I know is awful to say, but I did because I just didn't believe her. I didn't, it just, I just heard her speaking. It wasn't like she was invested. And I mean, granted, I couldn't even really emotionally connect with anyone (laughs) Because like, you know, their faces really aren't that animated to you to really connect with. And then also her singing, can you feel the love tonight? And just like 
trying to do those like little like riffs and everything. I was like, please no, like less is more. Beyonce, less is okay. more. Can we talk about can you feel the love tonight? Why was it during the day? Yeah, a lot of people pointed that out. I know it's kind of ridiculous. That got me so angry. And to the to the point about Beyonce, I mean, you listen in the, in the original film, Maura Kelly from uh, what is it, The Cutting Edge, does uh, does the voice of the adult Nala, and I thought she brought a lot of emotion to it. She says, "I went looking for help, I found you," and then Beyonce feels like she's reading it for the first time. Uh, as as yes, in her performance, like, what am I reading? Okay. And she's been okay in things. Like I thought she was decent in Dreamgirls, but that's again more of a, it's more when she's singing, acting when she's singing and like the emotion and her physical presence, that would, that's what makes her such an engaging performer. It's not, she's not a voice actress, as you, as you mentioned. Uh, so it no, really, it really feels definitely great. not a voice actress. Oh, what line did you have issues with, Brie? Oh, the, the lines attack. I can't. Which line reading? That one, oh, the lion's, lion's attack. That's the one. Yes, she has like that twang. It just well, doesn't fit. I'm just like, what? Okay, so that kind of goes to the whole thing is that the voice actors have to do all the work with emotion because these creatures they don't have anything to them, and the one that actually gets by the best is Timon because a meerkat just his face is a little seems more expressive. So he was the only one I really felt connected to. But um, yeah, there was sometimes like, I'm obsessed with Donald Glover. I love him and everything, including Solo. I love his stand-up. I love his music. But there was a lot of times when I'm like, I'm hearing Donald Glover's voice. I'm not hearing Simba. Right. Yeah. But that's mostly because um, John, uh, John, how do you say his last name? I always forget. John Favreau. Right. Yeah. He said after Jungle Book, which was pretty much the best live action remake, in my opinion, of Disney, said he had issues with his live action Jungle Book because it wasn't real enough. And that's what he wanted to do with Lion King is make it real. But the question is, why? You're trying to bring realism into singing lines? You can't connect with them. Like, I, I mean, the baby was cute. Like, baby Simba, and I was like, oh, he cute. But, like, I couldn't connect. I didn't cry when Mufasa died. Same. I did, but I think that was because I went with my parents to see it because it was like, oh, let's do this. Like, it's like, you know, years ago, like, when you guys took me. And it just, like, reminded me of when I was at movie theater sobbing. And, you know, I don't know. That got to me. But, um... Did you guys see The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe? It came out, like, in 2005. The first Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. Okay, um, The Lion. Why am I forgetting Aslan, names all of a sudden? I think, right? Aslan, yeah, yes. Aslan. He's... Anyway, so in The Chronicles of Narnia, he's a lion, and he's CGI. And they do stuff with, like, his eyebrows, even though lions obviously don't really – emote with their eyebrows but it works he still looks realistic he still talks you can still see the emotion on his face and you connect with him and you feel bad for him when they're like cutting his mane and torturing him you know well because they made him a he was realistic looking within more animated facial features which was what you needed mm-hmm. i think to really get that connection and also i think it helped that we were reacting with the girls the children 
So we had these human actors there that we could connect to, which is kind of probably what why Jungle Book worked because we had mm-hmm. Mowgli there. Yeah, to anchor us at least into that world mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and they're just it felt more real. The CGI world, because I mean, I connect with those animated characters in the original Lion King so much. I mean, you just like see them as like wide eyes and his little like dad, like oh, just kills me. That's because their facial features when they're reacting to things are like what humans would react to. Yeah. So you're like when his eyes go wide when he sees his father fall, you know. I mean, like, you could just mute the scene of Simba going, no, when Mufasa goes down in this this version. And you could just be like, he's just roaring. He's just trying to get a no, little I more mean, on. We don't- you, you could almost duplicate this experience by putting on Animal Planet at home and muting it and putting on the Lion King soundtrack <laughs> in the background. And it's basically the same thing. It's telling that the only slash, arguably the the... the Really, the only part of this movie where you feel any emotional connection is the opening scene. It's the circle of life where none of the characters on screen are speaking or singing or anything. And it's just Mm -hmm. the the song overlaid on this like really lush visuals of all the animals congregating for, you know, uh, the ceremony of Simba being introduced to the world and all that. And then after that, it was all downhill for this movie. There were no other um, there are no other emotions. All the songs were, were really um, subpar to the original. I think the, some of the only things that really stood out to me, and this is kind of something I've heard all over the place, is, was Timon and Pumbaa, just because they at least some of their material is new and they actually get to riff a little bit more and, and play off of expectations. What did, what did you two think about Timon and Pumbaa? Do you agree that they were the, the standouts of this one? Yeah, like the only times I laughed or had any emotion other than Mufasa dying, which was just a play on my nostalgic heart, is the part where they're like, he's been singing this all, he's riffing again. He's been singing this since he was like 200 pounds ago or something like that. And also, oh my God, I cannot believe, instead of that scene where they're trying to um, distract the hyenas, instead of obviously they can't do a hula out. Cause that's not that's too unrealistic. But they instead <laughs> sing the "Be Our Guest" song, which I mean, how does Timon know this song and knows what a French accent is? I have a question. I was going to say, Candace and I were recently talking about shared universes, so it feels like Disney's trying to build, kind of subtly build that into it. And oh there's been God. some theories that are saying, well, could they just build all this up to a Kingdom Hearts movie? And if that's where they're going with this, then I am totally fine with that. I, w- I would love to see them match. Okay, I'm down together. for that. I love Kingdom Hearts. Like, yes. Okay, at, at the end of Mulan, at the end of Mulan, there's going to be a post-credit scene with, like, Belle and Cinderella being like, we're trying <laughs> to get That would be amazing. Together. And I feel like the Ralph Breaks the Internet scene was almost kind of beta testing that a little bit to see how people reacted. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and they exactly. Loved it was it. the standout sequence from the movie. Honestly, give me that because oh at God. least that's a little more original than just like live remaking all of these things. And oh, I don't know. Like, I mean, Timon and Pumbaa were great. I did like their little Way song when all the other animals like joined in. I was like, okay, that's kind of cute. And and Billy Eitner, I was surprised he could sing because I didn't realize he could. I know I'm just used to him shouting at people. I figured it would it would have been better if they actually actually remade Lion King one and a half. Did you guys see that? Like it's direct to DVD movie. 
No, I saw Lion King too. Yeah, I saw them both like a million years ago. Okay, but, but after this, if, if they're going to do one of the two, I'd rather see one and a half now. Yeah, because it's like Rosencrantz and Gendlinstern are dead. It's the side character's point of view of the movie, of the play, you know, and it's just hilarious. It's like the oh, best yeah. direct home video, which is another episode we need to do about just all the direct yeah. <laughs> Disney movies. I mean, here's the thing. If Lion King one and a half doesn't have Nala speaking, I'm all for it. Oh my God. Such a Nala hater. I'm, I'm not a Nala hater. I'm just a, not a big fan of Beyonce voice acting. And I didn't like her new song, Fight Me. <laughs> Actually, I'm don't too fight. Tired too. But I mean, it's our, it's already made like so much money. It's already made over $700 million worldwide. Well, I know. And it was going to always. I don't... Do you guys feel taken advantage of? Because I feel taken advantage of with all these remakes. Yeah. No, I, I just have to go like see them. Smart decisions when remaking things. Well, I think. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. The... Oh, just the best ones have always been the ones that stray from the original story. Or the ones that are at least the most entertaining. Like, Maleficent isn't the best movie, but I was still entertained by it because it was different, but still had some interesting aspects. But, like, Jungle Jungle Book and Cinderella still captured the magic of those original stories, but were different enough and added more that it felt like there was more sus- suspense to that story. I think basically what what we need, and this is, you know, I'm curious, I'll ask you guys in, in a second what you, how you felt about the Aladdin remake, but I feel like in this case, if they're going to keep remaking basically everything in their old catalog, it should either be something that nobody really remembers, like apparently they, they want to do the Black Cauldron, which didn't really work, at least financially the first time, and then I have to, I have to rewatch that, I haven't seen that in like a million years. I love that movie so, so much. Of course you do, Brie. Of course you do. Um, Yeah, of course I do, Candace. I like weird things. (laughs) But they're doing Sword in the Stone and Lady and the Tramp for their Disney Plus. Those are two that are um, more obscure or maybe like us 90s kids aren't like so physically attached to. (laughs) Well, and with things like Cinderella or Jungle Book, like those stories have been so long ago, as you kind of alluded to earlier, that – in a way, they do feel mm-hmm. they feel really dated, and they could be updated. Like, I mean, even Cinderella, they modernize certain elements of the character, certain elements of her story. Uh, the Jungle Book, I feel like they, they, you know, it's just not animals singing in in the jungle for an hour and a half. There's actually a story. There's actually a narrative and connections <laughs> with Mowgli and Shere Khan and, and things like that. There's more going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like the third case is the, is if they're going to do something radically different with it, which is why with Mulan, I'm actually excited that at the prospect of them not doing the songs and not having Mushu, even though I know that upsets a lot of people. But I think I, there's an opportunity there to take a more grounded approach with a story that you're not relying on animal expressions uh, to tell it and, and, you know, explore a different angle of that story rather than just giving us kind of another another Lion King or even Aladdin where it's basically the same thing, but with people this time. Well, I really, another one that I liked and I would prefer they do something is like Christopher Robin is considered a remake or a live action remake. And that just told another story. I mean, you can still use these beloved characters, but just tell a different story. And it's just, it's hard. It's 
not hard. It's hard not to compare like these animated movies with the remakes when it's like shot by shot. When they started, I was like, nope, there's the antelope. There's the giraffe scene. There's this scene. And you're just like playing it all back in your head. I mean, here's the thing, though, because it was so visually stunning, I think if they just made the freaking creatures like a little more expressive, like I would have been like, wow, okay, they just updated it to like the stunning CGI thing and cool. But they really, (laughs) oh, that realistic stuff just butchered it for me because like, okay, like Robert and I, we didn't cry. My mother went to go see this movie with someone who had never seen the original animated movie, right? She didn't cry. Oh, that's interesting. And she was like, mm. I'm really surprised I didn't cry. And it's like, because you weren't connected with them. It's the faces. Yeah, I think, yeah, I might have cried also because I was just thinking, like, I lost my cat last year. They were just big kid cats. And so it was just like all those things. Because, yeah, I wasn't like, by the end of the movie, I wasn't like, Oh, that was so good. Yeah, you beat them up. I'm like, I I don't know. It's just way too similar to the original. But you know what? If it wasn't, do you think we would be complaining about it not being enough like the original? It just depends on what they did. But no, I don't even think it it was that. would have liked it. I just couldn't connect. And then I hated Beyonce so much. I just filtered my head that, (laughs) ugh, just grinding my (laughs) head. Um, I know I'm, people are going to hate me. It's okay. Um, but also it's like, I love be prepared and they really cut that song, even though I think the actor can, he could have sung it, but I don't know why they even wanted to get rid of it in the first place. And then, you know, they really changed the dynamic to the hyenas too, which wasn't like a bad thing, but I guess I just missed some of the stuff, you know, like, Oh, also, I'm sorry. I don't know how you guys feel about John Oliver, and I really like him, but I really miss that they didn't ask back Rowan Atkinson. I'm really disappointed in that. I mean, I mean, it wasn't like Mufasa. It's not like I could think of a line other than I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts of his, you know, from the original movie. So maybe I didn't really no. care. And plus I love John Oliver and I like that little part when he was oh, like, God, and that's the news. Rowan Atkinson too. Well, by, you know, by comparison, what, what did, how did you two feel about the Aladdin remake? Because this is basically, I'd say 95% exact to the animated film. Whereas Aladdin's maybe like, I don't know, 70%, at least there is do new characters as a new backstory. Jasmine's arc is, is like a little more fleshed out. Where did you, did that was that at, at all more successful for for either of you? Yeah, on a technical aspect, it wasn't great. I feel like they should have gotten a director who had musical experience because Guy Ritchie just did not know how to shoot right. big musical scenes. So um, that was a big issue for me, and there was editing issues. It was just technically it wasn't a good movie, but I appreciate them trying to flesh out and give. Jasmine some girl power moments for the girls and it wasn't neither of these are memorable I already like leaving the movie theater I had a like before doing this episode I had to really think back even though I had only seen it like two days ago like even now I'm trying to remember Aladdin there 
so forgettable. Um, I actually didn't mind Aladdin. I mean, I agree with Candace a hundred percent on the technical side. Um, like the way that it moved very quickly, it was very jarring to watch some of the scenes. Um, but I really like what they did with the genie's character because I feel like Will Smith created his own while not taking away from Robin mm-hmm. Williams. And um, I really like the banter between him and Aladdin. I thought they were so funny. Like my favorite scene still is the whole jams <laughs> thing. I love that whole back and forth. Um, um, but I didn't mind some of the changes. I, I just still like... Candace said, like, some of the movements were very jarring to me, but I thought overall it was really good. I liked it so much better than Beauty and the Beast. So I feel like so far that's my favorite of the live action okay. remakes. Yeah, I mean, it... of all of them, really? Of all, all of them, Brie? Are you, what, are you, what other ones am I Have supposed you to be seen all of them? Yes. Um, Jungle Book, Cinderella. Um, Christopher Robin. Cinderella is a cute story, like, but I still prefer the Brandy version. <laughs> that's more Rogers and Hammerstein. Have uh, Have either of you seen <laughs> Pete's Dragon? Because I actually that's pr- probably my personal favorite of the recent remakes. Uh, just Just above Jungle Book. I actually tried to watch it. <laughs> well, I kind of found it boring, <laughs> but that was just me. Yeah, I can see that. It's kind of slow. Okay, actually, Robert, I haven't yet. I saw it on a flight, I think, <laughs> and I fell asleep. <laughs> So it was also just not the right, it was not the right, right. atmosphere to see it. Right I, I did not see Dumbo because it did not get great reviews. And if there was going to be Child of Mine playing, I knew I would cry and had already cried in public before. So I did not want to cry again. So. But at least I feel like with most of the... That's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Nobody has those connections to Dumbo, so I don't think people are like, oh, no, they made too many changes to well, it. There's not really a story in Nobody Dumbo cares. very much. It's just kind of a, a, a succession yeah. of images that, that we kind of remember from that film. And that's kind of, I think, uh, my point with a lot of their remakes is that at least, you know, movies like Pete's Dragon or Jungle Book or even Dumbo, they kind of have a fighting chance at, at making something that can either do something different or or even surpass the animated version, but I mean that one is that was never going to happen with Aladdin or Junk or uh, Lion King. So it's like if unless you're going to improve on it or do something different, it's like what was the point of this? I mean, you know, and and other than the technical aspect, which is the only thing that I will really hand it to uh, the Favreau version, it's just there's there's no way I'm going to you know show my daughter. Who actually took to see this in theaters and also didn't really connect very much to Mufasa's death? She actually reacted more when we showed her the animated one at home, like the week or two beforehand. She was like, "Oh, he's sad." <laughs> he reacted. She's too. So, um, so I'm, you know, I'm not really going to pull the live action one out on Blu-ray when we have the animated one sitting right there. So, I, you know, I don't. It'll be interesting to see what kind of shelf life these remakes have, or if, if they end up. Uh, you know, enduring at all, really. Guys, we forgot like one of the greatest remakes, the 101 Dalmatian with King It's that Glenn movie's Close fault. As I'm going to say that. Oh, I did love that one. Granted, I have not seen it as an adult, but I loved it as a kid. Granted, that could just be because there were puppies. Well, yeah. And she was. Glenn and now Close they're going to do amazing. the Cruella movie they have in development I mean, too. Like, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, with right. Emma yeah, with Emma Stone. I am really excited for that, don't I? Yeah, like, as long as they don't make her like, oh, she was secretly <laughs> trying to save the puppies the entire time. Like, uh, in Maleficent. Oh, then I'll be happy. Just let her be evil. Oh, I know, I can't wait for the new one to come out. I'm going to make you go see it so we can talk about it. And I hated the Alice in Wonderland movies. I don't know. I'm with you. I don't think they're going to last very long. But if they are going to make a Kingdom Hearts movie, I really want that. Then it will all be worth it. But, yeah, they're making money. So that's pretty much. that's the point of them. Just to make money. And maybe this makes other people like, like right now I'm going to go back to watch the original Lion King. Kind of, you know. Get the bad taste out of my mouth. The ones that are coming up are Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, Lady and the Tramp on Disney+, Plus, Mulan, Cruella, The Sword in the Stone, also on Disney+, Plus, The Little Mermaid. They're doing, um, they're rumored of doing The Hunchback of Notre Dame, a Jungle Book sequel, Pinocchio, and a Snow White and Seven Dwarves. But the, this has all been in the works forever, though. Okay, one, I really don't think we need Pinocchio at all. Or Snow White, really. I mean, if we're being serious. Snow White, though, it has the issue of being like Dumbo and not having much, I don't know, much meat to its bones. So if they get a decent writer and director, they could turn it into something else. Yeah, I mean, it's just so we we had, what was it, Mirror, Mirror, a few, like, a, within the last few years, we had the Snow White and the Huntsman. It's also, at what point are we tapped out on Snow White, I guess, is my point. Uh, I, I'm kind of terrified at what yeah. a live-action Hunchback would be like, so after funny. the animated one still kind of scares me. Music in Hunchback yes, of Notre is. Dame is just amazing. Yeah, and it's a rumor Josh Gad is going to be Quasimodo, and I'm like, Ooh, I don't know. That would be good. I just hope they get someone ethnic to play Esmeralda. Yes, please. Don't have a white person player. Well, if, if nothing else, I mean, I do feel like that's one way in which The Lion King made steps forward. I mean, it had a very diverse cast as opposed to Matthew Broderick and, uh, you know, pretty much Matthew Broderick as the voice <laughs> of, I mean, granted they're animals, but the whole story is set in Africa. So it's nice that they're making at least a little bit of an effort to have to have, uh, you know, across the board kind of a, a oh, cast of color, a people of color rather than, you know, and that's something that Disney has been mm-hmm. working on. They had, right. yeah, they had Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Matthew exactly. Broderick, two of the whitest Well, I mean, it's also a few years later, I'm, you know, we were talking about Mulan earlier. Their big song sung by Don, Donny Osmond, who again is one of the whitest person people ever. Hmm? Yeah. So there's that. Mm-hmm. We know it. It is kind of crazy. I mean, Jasmine's voiced by a white woman. Yeah. And so was Aladdin. Steve from Full House. That's right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's that's a plus. Good job. And the casting was done by Sarah Fenn, who did all the Marvel movies, and she's amazing. She's my hero. Great job, except for one person. Okay, yeah, I I wonder who, Bray. Okay, so should what do you guys suggest? I suggest that if it's on cable or streaming, you watch it. Or if you're really just like amazed by like special effects and want to see like the 
It was. I yeah, saw. Yeah, if you 3D, want to show off your really home theater cool. system, and it and when it gets on Disney Plus, and, uh, and you're not putting out money specifically to support this one film, and it's just kind of part of a subscription package, sure, go for it. Yeah, no, I saw it on a Tuesday, nice. so I, yeah, I have the, the eight uh, AMC A list uh, stubs thing, so that it doesn't it's all the same to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense for you. <laughs> so, Brie, should people go see it or wait? Or not see I'm it always ever? a fan of people going to see things to make their own mind, especially if they really want to see it. But don't get too excited or too disappointed if you can't connect with the characters because, you know, it's hard to. So I think that's it. Robert, can you tell us yeah, like, where on, people can find uh, you, you online? Find Crooked Table Podcast at Crooked Table. You can also find me at Robert Yanis Jr., Y-A-N-I-Z. And um, you can find the podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much a bunch of different uh, podcasting uh, catchers. But you can also find us at crookedtable.com. Okay, cool. And I'll be on an yeah, episode think, in a uh, few months, that? right? September, because yeah, we're doing the, the Star Wars saga, the Skywalker saga, leading up to the Rise of Skywalker. So we're doing a different episode every month. And Candace joined me to talk about The Empire Strikes Back, which was a great conversation. So I think that'll be dropping, yes, yeah, like September, I think. Yeah, I told Brie, I was like, you I did. got the best you movie did. in the history of ever to talk about. Yes, it's still, it's still my favorite yeah, since I was 10. Hard to talk. Brie, can you tell people where to find us? Yeah, you can follow at Geeky Girl Gab on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We want to know your thoughts about the new movie, so let us know. Okay, that's it for today. I'm Candace. I'm Brie. I'm Robert. And I stay geeky. <laughs>